The Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. Judas, his betrayer, also knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas got a band of soldiers and guards from the chief priests and the Pharisees and went there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, knowing everything that was going to happen to him, went out and said to them, Whom are you looking for? They answered him, Jesus He said to them, I am. Judas' betrayer was also with them. When he said to them, I am, they turned away and fell to the ground. So he again asked them, Whom are you looking for? They said, Jesus answered, I told you that I am. This was so to, if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill what he had said. I have not lost any of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its scabbard. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father gave me? So the band of soldiers, the tribune, and the Jewish guard seized Jesus, bound him, and brought him to Annas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had counseled the Jews that it was better that one man should die rather than the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Now the other disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered the courtyard of the high priest with Jesus. But Peter stood at the gate outside. So the other disciple, the acquaintance of the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper and brought Peter in. Then the maid who was the gatekeeper said to Peter, He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal fire that they had made because it was cold and were warming themselves. Peter was also standing there keeping warm. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I have spoken publicly to the world. I have always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews gather, and in secret I have said nothing. Why ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus and said, Is this the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, Testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing there keeping warm, and they said to him, You are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Again, 
Peter denied it. And immediately the cock crowed. Then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. It was morning. And they themselves did not enter the praetorium in order to not be defiled so that they could eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, At this, Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves, and judge him according to your law. The Jews answered him, In order that the word of Jesus might be fulfilled, that he said, indicating the kind of death he would die. So Pilate went back into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? When he had said this, He again went out to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him scourged. And the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, And they struck him repeatedly. Once more, Pilate went out and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you, so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple cloak. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the guards saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, Now when Pilate heard this statement, he became even more afraid and went back into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? Jesus did not answer him. So Pilate said to him, Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and I have the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. For this reason, 
The one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Consequently, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and seated him on the judge's bench in the place called Stone Pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was preparation day for Passover, and it was about noon. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. They cried out, Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had an inscription written out and put on the cross. It read, Jesus, the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Now many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four shares, a share for each soldier. They also took his tunic, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top down. So they said to one another, in order that the passage of the scripture might be fulfilled that says, They divided my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sisters, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, Behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, aware that everything was now finished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. There was a vessel filled with common wine. So they put a sponge soaked in wine on a sprig of hyssop and put it up to his mouth. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he handed over the spirit. Now, since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was a solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and that they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then of the other one, who was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus 
and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side, and immediately blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth, so that you also may come to believe. For this happened so that the scripture passage might be fulfilled. Not a bone of it will be broken. And again, another passage says, They will look upon him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, secretly a disciple of Jesus, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus. And Pilate permitted it. So he came and took his body. Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and bound it with burial cloths along with the spices according to the Jewish burial custom. Now, in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb, in which no one had yet been buried. So they laid Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation day, for the tomb was close by. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. They led Jesus away, carrying the cross by himself. How often each one of us feels very alone by ourselves when we carry our crosses. Throughout the gospel, there were people who came and assisted in different ways. But Jesus carried the cross by himself. In just a few moments before the veneration of the cross, we have these prayers of the faithful, the universal prayer, it's called, where the weight of the world is brought to Jesus, our Savior and Redeemer. Those intentions that weigh on our hearts, whether for ourselves or those we know or those we've heard about, those are part of the, the weight that Jesus carries in his cross. Jesus carried the cross by himself But the truth is, when you and when I carry the cross in our lives, we never carry it alone. Whether or not there's someone along our path who reaches out and effectively helps lift it, we are there in that cross that Jesus carried by himself. Not separate from us, not apart from us, But by himself, in himself, he has the power to carry the burden that crushes us. And so no matter what need is on our hearts, no matter what concern weighs upon us, we bring it to Jesus 
who by himself has the power to carry that cross and who carries that cross with us. If you haven't had the opportunity yet, I recommend that that you try to see the movie Unplanned, the story of Abby Johnson. If you have a chance to read the book, unsurprisingly, the book is even better. Abby Johnson was a director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryant, Texas for eight years. She got into it because she wanted to do something meaningful as a college student, and she came across this organization, and she said, well, gee, they tell me that they help women in difficult pregnancies. I don't want those women to carry that burden alone. I want to help them. And that was what drew her to start volunteering. She volunteered to escort women in and out of the clinic. And then there were these people out there outside the fence just making a commotion. And Abby was told, well, they are the burden that weighs on these women. You're here to help them come in and lift the burden. She said, okay, great. Look, I'm helping women in difficult moments carry their burden." And step by step, she, she moved up in the organization. She was very successful. She had the most successful. She was named the Employee of the Year at one point. She said she always hated Saturdays when they would do abortions. She loved helping women. She's facilitated some adoptions. She, she got some medical care for women. She saw women in difficult circumstances that she could help, but she, she hated Saturdays. And then one day, when she had become director of the clinic, after, after eight years working there, she was called to actually assist with an abortion. And for the first time, she saw with her own eyes why she hated Saturdays. And she couldn't do it anymore. She couldn't avoid that truth. She said, you know, I want to help these women And these things help, and this cannot help. She didn't know where to turn, so so she went to the office of the Coalition for Life, the people on the other side of the fence who were out there praying. She went to the office and said, you know, you might think I'm crazy. I don't know how you're going to respond, but hi, I'm Abby. And they said, yes, we know who you are. They, They would greet each other day in and day out. It's part of Abby's story also. When she was an 18-year-old college girl, she met a real gem of a guy who, you know, she got pregnant. And he said, you know, I can help. And he helped. She had her first abortion, about 18. And a couple years later, now when she was volunteering at the clinic, It happened again. She felt embarrassed, so she didn't tell anybody about it, so she had another one. And now that she was out on the other side of that fence, a lot of things happened to her heart. She felt suddenly free. Her world was turned upside down, but she saw all of those things that I wanted to do to lift someone else's burden. Like, that's what these folks are doing without this thing that crushes them. 
all those things I, I delighted in doing. It's like, that's, that's what they're offering. It's like, I, I need a piece of that. But just a few days after that initial transformation of her life, Abby said, I needed to go out. I needed to go to the fence myself. Again, people are going to think I'm crazy. It was about 10 o'clock at night, and it was the middle of a 40 Days for Life campaign. And she told the directors of the Coalition for Life, she said, I think I need to go there. And they said, really? Are you sure? It's kind of soon for you to go. I said, no, I need to go. So she got out there about 10 o'clock at night, and there was one college student there praying. She walked up and said, hi, I'm Abby. I used to work here. They said, oh, hi, Abby. Yeah, I know who you are. She stood there and prayed. She had come there as a young student because she didn't want people to carry a heavy burden by themselves, and she wanted to try to help. And she came to realize that a big part of what she was doing or facilitating was placing an even further burden instead of lifting it. I just want to finish something from the book where she describes going to that fence to pray and what it did with the burden that she carried and how it changed her life. I was standing face to face with my sin embodied in that building. I allowed myself to feel the weight of it. I had to own it And I did. Sometimes words fall too short. I will say this. Good Friday has never been the same for me since. Jesus took upon himself the weight of the world's sin on the cross. I cannot fathom such a weight. Yet I had the sense of the weight of the lives of my two unborn children and thousands of others I had willingly forfeited at the hands of an abortionist. But Christ didn't stay on the cross. He arose. And that is what I experienced that night. Once I truly owned the weight that night, I gave it to Jesus Christ at the fence. And he lifted it off my shoulders and off my soul. As I looked upon the building between the bars of the fence, I knew that it was here that God called me out. I was not only facing the place of my sin, I was facing the place of my deliverance as well. I prayed. The sounds of the busy street at my back faded away. I heard only silence. I was alone with God, communing with him, meeting him here in this place. Peace enveloped me. And I knew it was the peace that only God can give. At the fence, beyond the shadow of doubt, my healing had begun. 
they led Jesus away, carrying the cross by himself. And he carried that cross so that none of us needs to carry our cross alone. We bring that weight of the world. We bring ourselves. And as we venerate the cross and bring our world to the heart of our Savior, we know that we not only face our sin, but we face the place of our deliverance where we find healing and that peace that God alone can give.